Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is fresh, optimistic, and purpose-driven talk radio that promotes happiness from the inside out. Each week, Lisa spotlights trendsetters and change agents who offer sound emotional fitness tips for improving mental muscle tone and greater well-being. Guest experts include a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who are devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen, is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and positive lifestyle management. Let's get to it. Here's Lisa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food from the beaches of Malibu, California. Each week, we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart. And this show is most definitely all about the heart. Did you know, and I bet you did if you think about it, that all of us are natural born storytellers. Everyone has a history. Everyone has a story. And we love sharing our stories. And my next guest, or my first guest today, I should say, rather, um, has created a way for us to collect and encapsulate and share our stories with our families and our friends using the internet. Nick Baum is the CEO and co-founder of StoryWorth, initially built as a personal project to preserve his parents' stories. Nick found out that many other families wanted to do the same. Prior to StoryWorth, Nick was a software engineer and product manager at Google, where he worked on Chrome, Android, and Google Reader, among others. A graduate of Dartmouth College, Nick grew up in Paris. He resides in foggy San Francisco with his wife, Krista, and their son, Eric. Welcome, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Lisa. I'm so glad to be here. I am so glad to be here. You know, once in a blue moon, I get the great pleasure of having one of our sponsors on the show. And I'm really proud to say that StoryWorth is a sponsor of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And why I wanted to talk with you is because this notion of the need and, and the pleasure in storytelling and how that translate in, translates to this digital age in which we live. I think that's such a good point. Um, I think we used to talk a lot more with our families, but nowadays we're so spread out. Uh, we might live thousands of miles away from each other. If you compare it to several generations ago, we might live three generations in the same house. You might have your grandparents upstairs and, and you live with your children. And every evening you'd be sharing stories about your past. And nowadays that just doesn't happen. Um, so, of course, we stay in touch and we have all these wonderful tools. We have email, we have Skype and FaceTime. Um, 
but oftentimes those conversations are, are very mundane, right? We talk about what happened last week, what are you doing next week? And um, you don't really get a chance to shift to this more meaningful and deeper conversation. And, and I think that's something that we, we've lost a little bit, that, that, that art of sharing family stories. I agree. And I, I am very attracted to story worth for this reason, because I, uh, I, I work with people who are in distress. When I don't do radio, um, I sit with people who are struggling with addiction and trauma re- recovery and lots of other psychological issues. And what I hear time and time again is sort of an unrequited sense of relationship or completion with the important people in, in our lives. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I think we all have this narrative we construct about our own lives and, and we, uh, we we tell a story of our own life. And as part of that, I think it's incredibly helpful to have a sense for the narrative of your family and the, the broader narrative in which you fit in. Um, so, uh, in fact, I think there are studies that show that, that children benefit tremendously from understanding their family history and in particular – if their history has um, both ups and downs. So it's not just a golden family where everything went right or a family where everything went wrong, but it's a family where there's been a little bit of both. It helps them put that into into context and understand that, well, sometimes things go well and sometimes they don't. Um, so uh, I, think, I think stories are a powerful tool that way. Talk a little bit about your own story and how you captured your parents' stories and, and, and how you got started with StoryWorth. So Story Wars started really from my personal desire to, to record my dad's stories. So my, my dad happens to be a little bit on the older side, so he turns 87 this summer. And um, at the, the time when I started Story Worth, I, I didn't have children yet. Now I'm very lucky to have uh, both a 18-month-old son and, uh, and, and another little sibling on the way. Um, so luckily my son and my dad have met, um, but I felt that I wanted to find a way for my dad to record his stories so that I would have them the way he would tell them with all the details and all the the kind of personality that he has. And um, if I'm lucky, um, I hope my dad and my children will get 10, 15 years more to, to hang out and get to know each other. But no matter what happens, I now have several hundred pages of my dad's stories that I'll be able to give my kids when, when they get a little bit older. Um, Let's talk a little bit about how StoryWorth works because it's. I think it's unique. I think it's fun, and it also op- offers several ways of engaging in the narrative. Yes. Yeah, so I realized that if I just told my dad, "Will you write down your life stories?" He was never going to get started because it's <laughs> it's kind of a daunting task, right? Yeah. Uh, so what I ended up coming up with was was this trick where I told him, "Dad, I'll send you one question of your life each week." And all you have to do is reply with one story. Surely you can write one story a week. And um, and that was really the, the genesis of Story Wars. So what we do is you invite a loved one, and then once a week we'll send that person, whether that's your mom or, or your dad or one of your grandparents, we'll send them one question about their life. And we have hundreds of questions you can choose from, and we're constantly adding more. Uh, you can either rely on us to pick them from our library. You can pick them or you can write your own. When they get that question, and, and most people get it by email, 
then all they have to do is reply to that email. So it works with the least tech-savvy users. In fact, I think our oldest customer is, uh, last I heard, was a, she's 102, uh, which just amazes me. I'm, I'm, I'm on the phone with, with a customer, and I hear, well, you know, my mom's 102. She's not very tech-savvy. And, and I think, well, I want to be 102 and be tech-savvy enough to be using email and, and whatever the latest technology is. Um, yeah. So we, we try to keep it very, very simple. Um, and then when the person replies with the story, you receive that story in your email inbox. And one of my favorite things is oftentimes it prompts these fun little conversations between family members. It is really cool. And, and not only are you inviting the person whose stories that you want, but that person who has been gifted story worth then can invite other family members to be part of that loop, part of the tribe, and contribute to the story. Exactly. So oftentimes people invite their siblings and their spouses and their kids, and everyone who's been invited to receive the stories can also suggest questions. Uh, so you can really get the whole family involved. And the other thing I find really cool about it, and I'm unplugging StoryWorth, but what I really am intrigued about is the different ways that one can engage with it. Um, you can send photos. You can, I think, also upload videos. And if you are not tech savvy, and some people are really not, like the 102-year-old, you can just even call a line, I think, and dictate your narrative. That's right. So we, we do have an audio version, and it works with any phone, including a landline. And uh, the way it works is we, we give you a phone number, and the person calls in, and we record the audio. Uh, we send you the audio file. A lot of people like having the, the tone, the personality of, of the storyteller. Uh, and then we do offer transcription as, as an additional service. Uh, one thing I'll also add is I think the most important piece is to get the stories however works for your family. So we try to give you many tools to make it easy, and, and I think we do a good job of that. But if it turns out that the thing that works for your family is sitting down with your phone in person and recording them, then then do that. And if um, the answer is that you uh, want to, to, to go on a vacation together and spend a little bit of time every evening talking about it, then do that. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you record the stories as long as you get those stories because they're priceless and you're going to want to keep those forever. I agree. We're going to take a break in a minute. But before we do, I want to give like the big plug to send our listeners over to storyworth.com. Once again, that's storyworth.com. On Twitter, StoryWorth. And Facebook, guess what? It's StoryWorth. When we come back, Nick, I want to talk a little bit more about um, a, a tender subject because I had a response uh, in my family where I had gifted someone StoryWorth and they were reluctant to engage with it, not because they didn't think it was a good idea, but it felt like um, somehow their mortality was being threatened. And mm. I, I want to talk a little bit about that because this is tender territory for some, you know? Sure. And um, I'm, I'm wondering if you've ever had any experience before we go out to the break, just quickly kind of maybe segue into that 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 subject. Sure. It, it's something that I think we're careful to, to, to not emphasize that because what we found is 
actually there's such a wide range of people who 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 use it at such different ages. In fact, I'd say probably the most common thing is people start using it once they're retired and they have the time. And once you start getting these responses for your from your family, you realize that it's really a way to get closer to them and to have these meaningful interactions with them. And there's really no particular age when you want to do that. That That's something you want to get started with as early as possible, really. I agree. Let's go take that break. We'll come back and we'll talk more about storytelling. Here come those tunes. Wait, wait. Before we go to the break, I want to talk about snacks. I don't know about you, but I'm somebody that constantly snacks during the day and I'm, I throw bars in my bag and other snack foods. And one that I've been really enjoying is RX Bar, which is whole food protein bars with simple, real ingredients. And RX Bar's core ingredients do all the talking. It's simply like eating three egg whites, two dates, and six almonds with no BS. This is real food, ladies and gentlemen, and it actually tastes good. You can actually taste the cacao, the fruit, the spices, the nuts. So whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX Bar for you. RX Bars come in a 11 delicious flavors, and they are gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. There's no added sugar, no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or fillers. Egg whites are the protein source, dates to bind everything, and nuts for texture. RX bars are great for every occasion, breakfast on the go, snack at the office, throw in your bag for the airplane, toss in your backpack for a bike ride or a hike, or eat it before or after that workout. Egg white protein stands out as a source of protein that's easy for your body to absorb. I personally love the one that is apple and blueberry. I'm really enjoying it, and I think you will too. And here's the best part. Listeners of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio will receive 25% off their first order. Please visit rxbar.com slash harvestinghappiness and use the promo code harvestinghappiness at checkout. Once again, that's rxbar.com slash harvestinghappiness, and the promo code is harvestinghappiness. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back, and that is a promise. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. Connect with us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and follow Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen for a daily dose of inspiration. We'll be right back after this quick break. Do you find yourself saying things like, I'll be happy when, or I'll be happy if? Does the finish line for happiness keep moving? Does the bar keep getting higher? What's getting in the way of your happiness right now? Too much going on? Working too much? Not working enough? Having too many responsibilities? Not having enough money? Enough time? Enough space? The list goes on and on. It becomes difficult to see all that we have if we focus on scarcity. One thing I know for certain, happiness waits for no one. And sometimes we all need support. Are We Happy Yet? is not another self-help book. It's a guidebook for learning how to harvest happiness through self-mastery, which is the key ingredient into building resilience, hardiness, grit, and emotional stability. Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and HarvestingHappiness.com. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. 
and at times we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about the power and value of storytelling for the people we love, for our legacies, and just because it's it's cool beans. Everybody wants to tell their story and be heard. And my guest today is Nick Baum. He is the CEO and co-founder of StoryWorth, which is a unique service, where uh, internet-based service where you deposit your story treasures. And one thing we didn't say, Nick, in the first uh, part of the show is that a- after a year, there's a prize. That's right. So <laughs> after a year, we take all the stories that your family submitted and we put them together into a beautiful hardcover book. And the books are really interesting to me because as a kind of an, an internet child, I, um, I started out with, with not having the books and, and people kept asking me for them. So finally I did a, a couple of sample books and once I saw them in person, it just hit me how meaningful and valuable it was to have a physical object. You know, we think of, of digital information as something that's going to live forever, but I actually think these books are going to outlast us all, right? Who knows where will be or companies will be in 200 years, but there are plenty of books around that are 200 years old. And I think for the people who use StoryWorth to record their family stories, they're going to have these books and they're going to pass them on to their children and their grandchildren. And someday in 2200, someone will sit and read about what our life was like now. Uh, And that's just, I think, an amazing thing to think about. I think so too. And what I know about myself and books is I, I'm not a digital reader. I, I like to hold, I I like to pull out Mm -hmm. old family albums. And in fact, my kids and I sometimes will sit around at night and pull out, you know, the photo books of when they were babies and they love hearing the backstories to these images. You know, it's a big deal. It's a, it's in, in addition to that oral tradition, I think to be able to touch and hold, um, the legacy is really important. Um, Flipping through your your kids' photo books is a, is a great thing to do with your partner as well. There's a, oh yeah, you always get plenty of of embarrassing stories from that. Yeah, and it's that reconnection. It sort of sparks um, a deeper level of intimacy when you're able to sit and go through those memories with your family and with your friends. And this, you know, brings up the point that we touched upon before we went out to the break in that for some people, this really ignites um, sensitivity or feelings of their mortality, and it may not always be received um, in, in an uplifting way. I mean, you and I think this is cool beans, and most people out there think it's pretty amazing, but it also forces us to face the fact that, you know, we will not be here forever. Right. Um, and I guess in some way, I think that's a that's a good thing. We 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 do forget that. And too many people fade away and don't get a chance to tell these stories and don't get a chance to to, to leave this. And uh, when, when you think about it, what's one of the most precious things that we can pass on to, to our children is what we've learned in our life. And yeah. one of the the I think my favorite category of question is the questions that involve uh, some advice, right? So saying what, 
what is your best advice when it comes to work or when it comes to relationships? And there's always there's there's always something profound I think that that, that comes out with questions like that. Um, I should mention actually on that topic that we don't actually see the stories, so we're huge on privacy. Uh, we want people to be able to share very personal and and meaningful stories. So. Uh, we never see the stories. It's just between you and the family. Of course, we hear from customers who tell us when they've they've gotten good stories and 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 want to share it with us. Um, but 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 otherwise, we we don't see them. Yeah, I, I I think privacy is important to some people, but I think it's also just you know staring in the mirror and saying, okay, well, this it's not going to be like this forever. But the upside of it is, you know, I I think of your wife who's pregnant with your second child and how cool it would it be for her. And I don't know if she's doing this to start recording these memories now of what her relationship is to this unborn child. Yes. Uh, and we, I think at some point we do want to tackle something more about, um, kids. Uh, one of the things I did when my son was born is, um, I set up this little app that would text me every evening. Uh, my son's name is Eric, so I called it Dear Eric. And every evening, it would, Dear Eric would text me and ask how my day went. And so for about the first six months of his life, I have a, a daily diary of everything that happened to my son. Um, <laughs> and it's, it, you know, it's a silly little thing, uh, but, it's, um, but, but it's actually a really fun thing to have. And I think there, there's probably a little product that lives there as well. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think the big theme here is we all know that these things are important and meaningful and that we're going to get a lot out of them. And we just forget to do them because we're busy and we have all these other priorities and, and just the, the tasks of life get in the way. And I think that the, the trick that we came up with a story worth is just can we make this a little bit more automatic and a little bit easier and break it down so that it actually happens and then as soon as you kind of get started and you start seeing these stories then you realize you remember the value and and then it just becomes this really important and fun part of your life and you know you said something really important about the the tasks of life but the reality of it is what we're talking about telling our stories and being seen, heard and understood is the juice of life. Mm, yes. Um, I, uh, I was listening to, to one of your other episodes earlier this week about the, the sabrosura, uh, which yes, uh, how, how you, how you pronounce it. Yes. And, and, uh, and yes, I think, I think kind of having, having those stories is, is part of that, that joy and, and that kind of wonderful, warm feeling of life. So let me ask you a question, because you're big on asking questions over there at StoryWorth, and I love asking questions. Um, and since this is a show about fostering happiness and well-being, what are some of the things that make you happy? So I, first of all, I, I like to think I'm I'm good at being happy, which might might sound like a, a strange thing to say, but I, I really do think it's it's something that is is a skill uh, and and. Um, I think a lot of happiness comes from, from just little tricks too that, that you teach yourself and, and that you work on. Um, one big thing for me is, is my family makes me happy. Uh, I, I tell my friends that the last 
year and a half has been the, the best year and a half of my life because every day I laugh out loud at something my son does. Um, it's just, it, it, it's kind of a very, very, been a very easy recipe for happiness for me. Um, but in general, I think um, more broadly connections, right? So I've always gotten a lot of happiness from family. I get a lot of happiness from friends and, and ultimately um, sharing a deep conversation about something meaningful with someone you care about. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a family member, right? It can be a friend, it can be a colleague, but getting to that kind of next level is, is, is I think a really rewarding and, and easy way to, to, to bring some joy into your life. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's part of what I love so much about doing this show is that, you know, I get to create these tiny little intimate moments and stories within stories um, mm-hmm. that make not only myself happy, you know, that it elevates me, but it, clearly it's doing that for others as, as well a little bit. Yep. I'll, I'll add one other thing is I'm a big proponent of silliness. And one of the great joys of being a parent is that it gives you this license to be a little bit silly and, and a little bit goofy. Um, and, and one of my favorite things is actually seeing uh, other dads with their children, say at the park, who you can tell that they are serious men with serious business. And yet with their little daughter, suddenly they're making goofy grimaces and, and running around like a, like a toddler. And, uh, and, and that license to be a child and, and to have kind of that, that joy and curiosity is, uh, is I think another little recipe for happiness, at least for me. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, you know, I'm going back in my mind to the uh, Dear Eric app that you developed when Eric was born. And when you were talking about, you know, recording these moments for the first six months of his life, I'm thinking, OK, OK, he is reporting on the, the dirty diapers. He's reporting on the projectile bombing, you know, <laughs> vomiting <laughs> rather. You know, I, I completely went to that goofy place. So uh-huh. did you do that? Oh, we, we, he was pretty good with us. His, um, you know, little, little boys will, will pee on their parents a, a oh, couple yeah. of times. That's kind of part of the ritual, but, but, but we, we went, we got away pretty, pretty safely. Ah, adorable. Let's talk going back to Storyworth rather now switching gears mm-hmm. from dear Eric back to Storyworth. Um, it, it, what are some of the new things upcoming for Storyworth. You mentioned adding an element that really was addressing parenthood and and, and childhood. Mm-hmm. But, you know, is there anything on the horizon that we need to know about? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Actually, the, the very next thing we're launching, I'm very excited about, is something, something we call a celebration book. So right now, Storyworth is one person telling 50 stories. And the celebration book is the opposite. It's 50 people telling one story. So the idea is, let's say you have a loved one who has a retirement or a milestone birthday, or an anniversary, or a graduation coming up, you would get 50 of your friends and family, or 20 or 30, or however many you want, to submit one story about this person for this occasion. And then we would take all the stories and put them together in this beautiful book. Um, And so we had a few people do that for Mother's Day. So they uh, not only invited their mom to, to contribute stories, but they also got their friends' stories about their mom and their family stories about their mom. And it's just such a wonderful surprise to give someone to show them what their loved ones think about them. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Well, this is this is very cool. And, and, and I think the, the bottom line is that StoryWorth is a portal to the creativity of 
unleashing the natural born storyteller within all of us because everybody has a story worth telling. Nick Baum, thanks for joining us. And I have to say, um, I'm really proud that you're sponsoring our show because I I love what you're doing. To learn more, please visit StoryWorth.com on Twitter at StoryWorth and on Facebook, StoryWorth. We'll be right back. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Lisa. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Unwrap your present by signing up for Happiness Headlines, our monthly e-zine at HarvestingHappiness.com. Stay tuned for more after the break. One thing I know for certain, happiness waits for no one, and sometimes we all need support. We all have the freedom to be happy or the liberty to be miserable each day, regardless of external circumstance. Sure, things will inevitably happen in our lives that are out of our control. There is only ever one thing that is totally within our control, ourselves. When we have command of ourselves, we are better prepared to handle life and bounce back more quickly when challenges arise. Whether you see the glass as half empty or half full, the glass has the capacity to hold more. You have the capacity to be happier. The tool to harvesting your happiness is within your grasp. Are we happy yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and HarvestingHappiness.com. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. And at times we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I want to urge you to download and share this podcast because sharing is caring. And we're talking about storytelling, oral traditions, and the magic of being seen, heard, and understood. And my next guest has honed her craft in doing that. Amy Hale Auker writes and thrives on a ranch in Arizona where she's having a love affair with rock, mountains, pinyon, juniper forest, the weather, and her songwriter husband, who is also foreman of the ranch. She is the author of four books, including Ordinary Skin, Essays from Willow Springs, released by Texas Tech University Press. Welcome, Amy, our cowboy poetess. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is a pleasure. Let's talk about the the power and importance of passing on our oral traditions, and not just for writers who have published works, but everyone. I believe very strongly in the power of story, and um, I work in a very isolated environment. I am surrounded by uh, horses and cows and very few people for days on end. And one of the gifts that that gives me is that when I kind of emerge from the isolation, um, I have story. I have something to share about where your food comes from, about uh, what's going on on the land. And um, I am so amazed over and over at how much people want to hear that story. And then in turn, it opens the doors for them to share their stories, and I just believe that we're a very divided nation, a very divided people, a divided globe, and that um, being able to tell our stories is what's going to bring us together. 
I agree. And you talk about, you know, learning about where our food comes from. And you go out into the wild, right, for for many nights a year, and you actually sleep outdoors at some point. (laughs) I do. do. Um, We are at this point um, in the management of actually your national forest, um, even though management is a difficult word to use um, in that um, way, we are harvesting what comes up out of the ground on your national forest um, using cows um, to turn what comes up out of the ground into a healthy source of protein. And in order to do that um, in this current climate, in this, in this current um, management way, we're, gonna, we're having to sleep outside 60 to 70 nights out of the year. That's an estimate. Um, so that we are um, being able to herd things in a in a really uh, as we hope a sustainable manner. So yeah, it's a very physical job. It's a very outdoors job, and um, it's one that feeds uh, creativity. Other parts of of my life, other parts of my husband's life, even um, because there's no way to spend that kind of time out of doors. And working hard physically and with animals uh, without having something, a gift to bring back. And we've seen that historically in other horse and herding and um, food growing uh, cultures and ways of life, that there's always going to be a poetry and song component to the people who are living that close to the land. When you go out, um, you're managing the land. Or, or trying to manage the land. I think sometimes we're the managing land is, the animals. Yeah, we're managing at least the domesticated animals. Yeah. Well, well I was going to say sometimes the land is managing you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, because that's where that word holistic comes in. It's all one big story. <laughs> yeah, it's one big story, and 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 you, so the, the, there's the element of of managing the, the land, managing you, perhaps you attempting to manage the the land, the uh, managing the animals, and what do you learn about managing yourself and life from the experience? That, that's a really great question. It just really kind of inspired something right there. Um, the idea we really are not in control. We're not. And the idea of control and the idea of management is, I mean, it's, it's a very nebulous at best. We can't control the weather. We can, we can make some, well, we, we hope that we have our tent with us if it rains because we're sleeping most of the time on the ground and, and unless it rains, we don't set our tent up. We can't control the wind. So, yeah, we would like to have a good cook fire to make our meal at night, but we can't control what's going to happen at 6 or 7 o'clock in the evening. Um, Cows and horses have very, very big personalities. We don't get to be in control of those. We work within the sway of nature's moves. We work within the sway of the weather. We work within the, the, you know, the turn of the season. And um, it teaches you a lot about, your own self and your own, the fact that happiness comes from the choices that you make right now, right here. It's not something that you're setting out to attain. And the, the, um, I'm, I'm actually going somewhere. The idea that we can be in total control of everything around us in order to create uh, some static state is ridiculous. And when you work with animals and plants and the weather and even 
I work day in and day out with my significant other, with my lover. And so yeah. it's, it's ridiculous to say that we're going to attain some perfect status within that relationship with that man that I live with, or with that horse that I ride, with the cows that we are doing our best to take care of. And we have to learn to be happy and to be content and to, and to be uh, enthusiastic and to be joyful in those moments that we have right now because we are not in control. Wendell Berry, who happens to be one of my favorite <laughs> poets, um, says that happiness comes from producing something of value for our community. And with story, our community expands and contracts. Talk a little bit more about that and how Wendell Berry's work influences your own poetry. Maybe you'll read us something. Oh, well, one of my favorite um, poems in the whole world um, is called Peace of Wild Things uh, by Wendell Berry. And um, one of the things that I did last year during the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering is I had um, a stage show, and I brought that poem to the stage uh, because it just felt like a timely piece to bring. And it's a when despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound, in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood flake rests in his beauty on the water, and the great heron sees. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of food. I come into the presence of still water. And I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. Beautiful. You know, our, our community is not static either. I go for days and days and days at a time only seeing the cows and the horses and the deer and the bear and the the wildlife, um, and maybe my husband, if, if we're working together, maybe just myself is the only human if I'm backpacking. But then my, my, in my story, my audience or my community changes drastically because then I end up going to a gathering or a speaking event and I'm standing on stage and all of a sudden there's no more isolation. I have this huge community in front of me and everyone's looking at me wanting a story. Or I sit in a group of other poets and musicians uh, because the cowboy poetry and music world is a crazy wild family and we're there sharing our story. So all of a sudden, my community has expanded and then it contracts right back down to um, a, a sense of isolation later on. But the idea is that when we do come together, that we are sharing a story and we find our mutuality So we find something that is fascinating about somebody else's story and want to make it a part of our own. And Wendell Berry has given us that, very much so. Oh, my, indeed. Talk a little bit about the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering, because some people may not know about it or its origins. The National Cowboy Poetry Gathering happens every year in late January, early February in Elko, Nevada. I'm actually, in some ways, a newcomer to the scene, 
Um, I think this is the thirty. I I like thirty seventh or thirty eighth year. I'm I'm it's the thirty fourth. I apologize. The thirty fourth year will be in two thousand eighteen to hold this, and I don't like the word festival because it's not a festival. It is a true gathering. It is a gathering of people who are coming together to share poetry, songs, culture, photographs, art of all kinds, um, truly gathered together to share, less than a festival where you have big, beautifully lighted shows and showcasing certain artists. This is artists of all different levels coming together to share. So I really prefer the word gathering. Gathering is a, a, a much more organic feel to what happens when we all come together. Um, for 34 years, people have been gathering in Alco, Nevada, and they're sharing. The word cowboy uh, poetry is very misunderstood because you're not necessarily, if you go to Elko during that time, you're not necessarily just going to hear cowboy poetry. You're going to hear cowboy music. You're going to hear cowboy storytelling. You're going to hear agrarian artwork brought to the, to the stage, spoken word, um, or, or there's also a huge craft component. component. There's also a lot of um, visual artists show up. Um, the music is amazing. And um, so it's, it's, just, it's a very kind of eclectic mix of what's going on in the agrarian world of the West, of the Western United States, that is. Amy, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to continue the conversation about the nostalgia of the great American West and about um, keeping the spirit of Americana and the cowboy alive through poetry, through the gathering, and through community. We're talking with Amy Hale Auker today, and her book is entitled Ordinary Skin, Essays from Willow Springs, Voice in the American West. To connect with Amy Hale Auker, please visit her website, www.amyhaleauker.com. And on Twitter, you can find her at Amy Hale Auker. We'll return. We'll carry on the conversation of storytelling, oral traditions, and the magic beauty of being seen, heard, and understood. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. And that's a promise. Who says money can't buy happiness? Check out Lisa's new book, Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, and other fun, fashionable, and inspiring items at shophappy at harvestinghappiness.com. We'll be right back after this quick break. Do you find yourself saying things like, I'll be happy when, or I'll be happy if? Does the finish line for happiness keep moving? Does the bar keep getting higher? What's getting in the way of your happiness right now? Too much going on? Working too much? Not working enough? Having too many responsibilities? Not having enough money, enough time, enough space. The list goes on and on. It becomes difficult to see all that we have if we focus on scarcity. One thing I know for certain, happiness waits for no one. And sometimes we all need support. Are We Happy Yet? is not another self-help book. It's a guidebook for learning how to harvest happiness through self-mastery, which is the key ingredient into building resilience, hardiness, grit, 
and emotional stability. Are we happy yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and HarvestingHappiness.com. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. And at times we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we're talking about storytelling with a cowboy or cowgirl poetess, I should say. Amy Hale Auker is my guest. She is the author of Ordinary Skin, Essays from Willow Springs, Voice in the American West. Amy, in the work that you do, both manually and artfully, you're really contributing towards keeping American lore or Americana alive, the spirit of the Great West. Talk about what that's like for you, what what the process is. Well, for me personally, um, and my voice within the community, um, I very much appreciate the fact that in our in our audiences, there's a lot of nostalgia for what for when people um, were actively growing food, or they or their grandparents were, or they had a great uncle who had a farm, and they miss it. They miss that connection to not just their food. Um, but to, but to the land and to living a little bit, not more simply because it's sometimes very complicated to live close to the land, but to live in a little bit more connected way and a less um, insulated way because we are very insulated from the natural world in the way that we've constructed society and uh, even where we live now. And I'm, I end up kind of plunging people back into my poetry, my storytelling, plunging them back into where's the mud? Where, where's the insects? Where's the, where's the other creatures that we share this planet with? And um, so that seems to be, at this point, I have two, two voices within the cowboy poetry music community. One of those is, you know, the mud. You know, in, fact, in fact, my nickname uh, amongst the other poets is the mud bug. Um, and, uh, then the other thing is that I am one of the women who's actively cowboying, um, for yeah. a living, for a paycheck. Um, I'm actively, uh, not as a support role necessarily. I'm actively earning my living right now, um, cowboying, uh, from, um, can I, can I ask you, let me just, let me just jump in here and ask you one question. Had you, have you always, uh, lived in rural America? I have. I was born into um, a livestock family, and I married a working ranch cowboy on the big ranches in Texas and New Mexico. I married him when I was 19, and then raised my children and homeschooled my children on these big ranches. And when my personal earthquake came um, in my mid to late 30s, one of the things that has been a little startling for me is instead of coming out away from the culture, uh, the, the horse and herding livestock uh, growing food culture, instead of moving further away from that during my divorce and, and, and my, my, I just call it my earthquake, um, I ended up right back 
uh, falling in love with <laughs> um, a man who was running a ranch in Arizona. And I just never would have said my story was going to go that way. And instead of moving out away from it, I actually immersed that much further into it. Instead of cooking for cowboys, cleaning up for cowboys, doing cowboy laundry, going to town for parts for the cowboys to fix something, I actually began to earn my paycheck um, horseback with with a rope on my saddle. And um, I've been doing that for nine years now. And I found it is the number one best thing that could have ever happened to me creatively. I have something to write about i have a story to tell and it's um it's been a it's been a wonderful thing for me and i i had one book written when i got there but i've written several more since then (laughs) so it's been it's been amazing and it's um an active present day modern day story the nostalgia is and the traditions and the heritage are the underpinning but the story had to grow from something modern and new and actively happening right now on the land, your land, my land. I think this is what's so interesting about what you, uh, what you share is that you had your earthquake, you know, and you talk and you write so much about the land and the mud and you became from, you came uh, from a situation where you were sort of supporting the underpinnings of this, this cowboy culture. And then you became immersed and of it right right it was a digging in further out of necessity at the time i needed a paycheck this was i i had horse and livestock experience and wanted to be out there i could not i could not conceive of my mother of course was saying are you going to go back to college my you know they my my family wanted me to um go into a more traditional role at that point. Um, but then I also remember they kept saying, we want you to be happy. And I was so happy when I was outside, when I was sleeping um, on the ground, when I was um, surrounded by animals, and when I was physically active outside, out of doors. So um, I'm, I'm actually under five feet tall. And so, oh, my. <laughs> I am I am very small, and so physically, it's a huge challenge, and um, and I love it. It's something that that I that I love, and I think that there's a, you know, I am always teasing my husband because I am in a traditionally male um, role um, and uh, profession, traditionally male. We think of cow, boy, right, and. Yet, and yet we are both right now riding mares. And when we go sleep out, which we will do next week um, on Tuesday, we will take a group of mama cows to one of our camps and we'll sleep there and then we'll move them on the next day. He's going to be surrounded by girls. All of those mama cows, all of these production animals, we, we, they are part of our team year in and year out. And we're both riding mares. And yes, there's a couple of bulls in the group, but you know, these guys are pretty much surrounded by a very, very female, productively female world. And it's a great role for women to be in agriculture because we are very much connected to that 
ovulation, copulation, gestation <laughs> cycle. <laughs> so we're yeah. very good herders of mammals. <laughs> we're very good custodians of a planet that is extremely and almost completely in her face. Her face is female and her essence is female. That is a, an amazing observation, and I'm wondering if you'd be willing to read us uh, a short, short poem or two. So, uh, I, think I think we'll just stick with that mud theme that we were talking about. Yeah, mud, the earth. Oh, this, is right. from, this is from Ordinary Skin, isn't it, that you're going to um, share? Ordinary Skin is essays, and there are no, there's no poetry in my book. My, my book of poetry won't come out until next year. Um, it's taken me a long time to get to a point where I wanted to put a book of poetry out there because I'm a huge Wendell Berry, Mary Oliver fan, and I feel like there's no way I can touch what those amazing poets have done. But I am going to put a, a book of poetry out next year. And, um, and yes, but ordinary stuff is essays, and that is my first love, the personal part of it. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you a mud poem. Okay. Give me mud. Heavy, black, fragrant, goldfish harbor at the bottom of a trough. Give me cows, falling, cumbersome, social, daughters and sons and sandwiches cows. Give me light, flickering, non-electric, intimate, creating a circle of us. Give me solitude, days of books and pages and truths when the story is the same. Give me weather, storm and wind and bright hot on unprotected skin. Give me simple and wet and real. Keep your diamonds, your malls, your exhaust fumes, your busyness, your prescriptions, your clean. Give me my heavy, black, fragrant dragonfly harbor at the bottom of the trough. Mm, lovely. You're going to be at the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering, which um, I believe the dates for 2018 are January 29th uh, is when they commence. Um, and we're out of time. So we're going to have to connect again. This is one of my bucket list items, y'all, is I'm going to uh, do my best to head over to the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering this year. Um, and hopefully I can connect with Amy Hale Auker in person. To connect with her in the ethers, please visit her website, www.amyhaleauker.com. On Twitter, that handle is at Amy Hale Auker. And the book we're talking about is Ordinary Skin, Essays from Willow Springs, Voice in the American West. Amy, thanks for joining us on the show. And I want to share a few part. Uh, make a note there, Karina. I want to share a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. It simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guest today, Nick Baum and Amy Hale-Auker, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Go out and rock your day. 
Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new episode of consciously curated talk radio from the heart. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on Toginet, iTunes, and SoundCloud. In a complicated world seemingly driven by nonstop negative news, Lisa's mission is to celebrate the upside of life and seek the silver lining of our challenges by transforming them into uplifting growth opportunities for all. To learn more about Lisa's global consulting services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with Toginet Radio, KBUU, RadioMalibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.